0: Alright, I'll do Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after 6 months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. In the market for investment worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry? Rebag is the answer.
1: Really so Tiffany, the guard who's with Tiffany, he gets shot. So that's how she's freed. And then Bond, a bit more stunts. Bond using a rope to swing underneath the rig. Can't quite remember now why he's mm. doing that. I presume
2: there's a reason. That. He finds like an escape hatch, doesn't he, in the brig. And right. he has to then go down onto a like a rope wire. There's, there's Chris... Pointed this out earlier, the circus performer yep. thing. There's there's the theme, tightrope walking. There you go. That was totally intentional. Yeah, <laughs> Do you
3: know, what's behind the, the the as the helicopter, there's that there's a couple of yeah. Stuff, the helicopters approaching. It has a slight kind of on her Majesty's Secret Service so oh, of vibe, but yeah.
1: nowhere near as good effects. The, the light, when they, I don't know, when they explode, yeah. it, looks, it looks a bit cheap and nasty compared to the other ones definitely I don't know whether again budget had run out they added them in in post as Matt Kanzik says that's another joke that no one will get but um yeah so the, the, basically the, the goodies or whoever they are I don't know is it just CIA or who knows but I don't yeah CIA they're, they're now attacking the, the the oil rig the control room is starting to get attacked tell them to surrender this is utter madness <laughs> <laughs> Mets going nuts what a guy, what a guy. love Mets he wants to surrender doesn't he almost straight away It's like, sorry that's it that's it for me and he just brushes him off brushes him off but now I think Blofeld now has to go in his
2: battle sub uh, my battle yeah. sub yeah (laughs) there's a great shot just before he makes that decision where he's like leaning on i don't know what it's a filing cabinet or something mundane but he's 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 kind of and he's weighing up the possibility of what could happen next and that's when he makes that decision prepare my bath is up uh (laughs) which is like the obviously the coward's way out but i love that shot where he's like, oh, okay, this might go very, very safe. So, to embarrass so, myself, yeah. until you've said
1: it now, I thought it was battle sub.
2: Oh, really? Isn't it, isn't it battle y- right. sub? Yeah, Bat- it is. Well, oh, it doesn't, like, uh, which
3: doesn't mean anything. It doesn't anything. do anything to, to mm-hmm.
1: battle, does it? It's not much use.
3: It's, no. Yeah.
1: Oh, good, well, you didn't laugh at well, me. You I can't you
3: take a bath in it either, so... Bit of a funny name, isn't it? That's well, silly, silly. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah, I don't know, it was quite... As kids, I can remember liking this thing and I like the kind of look of it. A bit of Flight of the Navigator. It's all childhood. All, all linked. Isn't it?
4: It'd be much more logical to just use a helicopter, yeah. though, wouldn't it?
3: Yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> but it's not it's as not. entertaining, I agree with and that. And it needs
3: to be on a crane. No. But you don't get to do anything with it. And that's the, thing. the other yeah. thing. Yeah. Is that, you know, if, it, if there was a, then there was a chasey of oh, them all going after the talk, but he just gets swung around <laughs> and that's it.
4: And Wake up, man! I think you said before, David. No, way oh, Wasn't that the plan <laughs> for it to have a chase scene? There wasn't no, supposed was to it? be a place a chase.
2: The, end, yeah, it? there was supposed to be another. There was that wasn't this wasn't the final act. Well, it was part of the final act, but it was the prelude to it. So there was a whole B- Blofeld escapes in the bathos. So Bond gives chase, and then they end up at a salt mine, mm. and there's a physical fisticuffs in oh. the salt mine. And uh, essentially, Blofeld ends up getting pulped in this. In the same, I always think from my descriptions of the of the screenplay for that segment, it always reads like the death of Benicio Del oh, Toro right. in oh, *License wow. to Kill*. So it's that kind of someone gets pulled into um, a like mulching device, essentially. So that's how Blofeld was originally supposed to meet his end. But they did run out of budget, and Guy Hamilton was also thinking, this is a lot... This is going to make the film very, very long if we are to add this 10, 15-minute sequence on the end. So they decided just to end it then and there on the oil rig, which is why, I, you know as much as i defend this film the ending in a sense does feel quite anticlimactic but well, mm. until, we, until get we get
1: to the, to the yeah, cruise ship it's, i think but, it's yeah. a great ending but <laughs> yeah. it doesn't you know it's an unsatisfactory it's an unsatisfactory ending in terms of the end of the battle and the blowfelt yeah it was it anything to do with the rights issue because of course this was the last one blowfelt was in until our favorite film spectre wasn't it so because technically the Fury's only one was it bald man in wheelchair or whatever um, mm.
2: I think they wanted to definitively kill off the character. Yeah, um, and that was their intention. But that, you know, swinging a bath or something <laughs> to the, it does leave it somewhat open. Oh yeah, it? yeah. Well, he's presumed he's alive.
4: I absolutely love that he's like he's being swung around and it's being destroyed bit by bit, and like it's crashing oh, into yeah, the yeah. control base. Yeah. While this is all happening, everyone's running out, firing, and that guy is still just going. <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he's yeah. not he is not leaving that post under any. he was talking about the
2: production that guy, not, that guy is not two minutes film that guy not credited no. either I know it's a scandal that some of the others aren't but I've tried I, I did find his name for something I was writing but it took me ages to find who it was usually Bert Quirk isn't it <laughs> something like that. again quite scared of
1: Blofeld's kids and I was pretty scared of him shouting in this scene of the I don't know his Gets pretty. It's First time he loses his cool, isn't it? And he's like, "Disengage! Yeah. Yeah. Disengage!
2: Damn it, man! Lower! <laughs> not
1: up! <laughs> I love it! Wake up, man! Lower away!" And then the 17 for the penultimate time yes. until Moonraker. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, it go- it comes in as Bond knocks the sub into the wall, so he's like smashing it, isn't he? To try. I don't know what his intentions are, because obviously he gives up on bashing him and has to get out eventually. But we. My favourite line, I keep saying it, but then he, he sees Tiffany and she's got the gun. It is an American accent, isn't it? Shoot
2: him! Shoot him! Shoot him! What's <laughs> <laughs> going on? Shoot him! I love it! Just. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's like he genuinely looks exasperated with it It really does it doesn't matter however much of an amazingly strong inverted cameras character you are it takes it takes quite a a big person to you know the machine guns are pretty forceful aren't they ones like that Mm -hmm. I know that's you know they didn't have to show it and they didn't have to do the scene they could have made it tougher it's just another famous scene of a well pathetic woman it's awful isn't it really that's what it. I mean, is it meant
2: to be that? I I do think it's a very, I do think it's a great image. Yeah, yeah. Of her holding the machine gun in a yeah, bikini. Yeah. I think it, it is almost <laughs> like um, what's the bit in Jackie Brown, the Tarantino movie, chicks with yeah, guns, yeah. which is obviously supposed to be like um, a satire on that sort of trope. Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah, it, it could have been could have been so good, and I I do often think that. That lack of agency is obviously. These are James Bond films. But would it really threaten his agency and his masculinity if a woman was to actually be more effective in the final act? I don't think it would. No. The
4: only thing I'd say is is that in the previous film that's happened.
2: Yeah.
1: True. Can't True. do it again or uh, will we expect it again or.
4: I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. I'm just wondering if that. Influenced it I mean
2: Tracy's fight with Grunther is am- amazing. It's it is it is fantastic. It is like the gold standard of those sequences.
4: Well, you've got a film where the female kills the main yeah. henchman, and yeah. Bond kills no one, none of the main villains.
2: True, just
1: mm, breaks yeah. his neck,
4: and that's yeah. quite. Yeah, and and then walks away for a five star Hennessy <laughs> uh, with with Brandon yeah. as a, as opposed to as a to just walking as opposed to walking hundred meters and seeing if he's dead. Right, yeah. But but no, stop that because that's yeah. Um, yeah
1: no. Uh, it's anyway, also this is back. also done for, as a joke because Bond assumes that she's jumped out as instructed, isn't it? Because he doesn't see her go up; he just sees the the fact that she's not there. Yeah. Oh, brilliant!
3: <clears throat>
2: there we go. <laughs> I, I do honestly think that the 007 theme saves this sequence in a, yes. in a yeah. long, in a big it brings way. Brings it to yeah. a conclusion. Even though, even though I, I, I could, you always sense John Barry's frustration whenever you read an interview with him about having to use the James Bond theme. And obviously he makes it his own yeah, in he- my book anyway. But his attempt to do the 007 theme and to have a rival theme I think it always imbues any scene he uses it on with such... It is that swagger, it's that confidence, like escaping with the lector in From Russia With Love. Mm. The boat chase, which is a very slowed-down version of yeah, the Blue seventeen 7 theme in so Moonraker. It. It, here, it's almost like we know we're on the homeward straight. We've won. Yeah. So we're just going to play this this theme until it ends. Bond's won. There's no real jeopardy anymore. Just enjoy it. And I yeah. think that's what the music's supposed to sing. Totally agree. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. It does, there's no jeopardy in the 007 theme. It's more
1: how good is Bond? It's sort of or well, the Kobe Dock, yeah. yeah. The the overhead.
2: It's like the it's like the victory yeah. lap yeah. of James Bond music. Very good.
1: Yeah, and it basically says, "Time's up, lads. That's the end of the scene." And like you said, what what was going to happen sounded amazing. But does it end on? I don't know. It, there's sort of long shots with the helicopters blowing it up. I suppose you could.
4: He dives. Oh, sorry. Yeah, the, the,
1: the, until the the Brosnan, which we we learnt CGI part CGI dive in twine. This was the most spectacular, over the top, incredible technique dive in a three piece suit. <laughs> I mean, it's just <laughs> it's so good. It's almost distracting. You know, it's not it's not a panicked jump. It's like <laughs> you know, t- t- tens thrown in the air for this incredible <laughs> dive. Bomb. But it looks like it's Sean Connery, so yeah, I no, don't know. We we were there, we're there at the, yeah, well, it's that word, isn't it? Climax of the film. <laughs> in me, in me. I can't. things
2: are going to get dodgy yeah. from this point onwards. Let's I, I, be honest.
1: I understand what your take on it, of course, uh, David, as as we've read your article, and growing up again, you didn't really get the. The subtleties of
2: it, I suppose, and they're not
1: subtle. No, <laughs> they're not subtle <laughs> anymore.
2: Well, yeah, obviously we cut. Yes. To uh, is it supposed to be the Queen Mary? I don't know. I'm not sure what I'm not sure. Margaret what wasn't it? it is, but, um, the hovercraft, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was the Princess Margaret, the hovercraft. I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be the Queen Mary. Um Where's it so, from? Well, is this like months a, later? What? Who we don't know. That doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah
3: it's why on a ship? Why a cruise ship? Yeah, a,
2: a feeling I always had as a kid is like I thought everyone with the streamers and whatever was supposed to be like celebrating Bond and I don't know what the Tiffany. No, no. But it's just like that's not very really secret then, is it? So um, no, obviously it not It's just supposed to be the the setting sail. Now I've been on a lot of cruise holidays over the last ten years or so, and um. I've never seen that sort of thing. Of yeah. <laughs> really. You know, I've 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 had so, a bunch of Taiko drummers in Japan, kind of celebrate our leaving <laughs> port sort of thing, and that's about as that's about as extreme as. It, now, obviously, it might have been different in 1971 yeah, 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 because yeah, yeah. not as many people went on cruise holidays, and it was maybe seen as more special and all that sort of thing. I don't know, but it's it's kind of that grand finale sort of celebration sets us up for that. But the centrepiece is obviously the meal delivered by Winton Kidd. And we have that great dramatic irony of we know who they are. But this is why this sequence is so brilliant. Yes, it is. Let's just get this out of the way now. It is intensely problematic from a representation of gay characters standpoint. But it is still a brilliant, brilliant sequence in the way that it's structured the dramatic irony of us knowing Winton Kid, and we've seen them reoccur throughout the film and Bond doesn't know them and then discovering who they are by smelling you know the, the aftershave is is so good mm. it's almost like the whole film has been leading to this yes. point rather than and that's why I think this film is so satisfying because the oil rig and the diamond laser and the whatever is kind of a fun distraction for an hour and a half <laughs> But the good. Yeah. the 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 actual the actual structure of the film is really yeah. Winton kid and them plaguing every other character, and it really pays off in this scene. I think
1: before we get to the the thing that the shot. I mean, we do Felix and uh, Willard White's there. I don't know why he's there, but cheering them off. But they they sort of say they don't want to be found. The classic that would be a Bond trope, isn't it? Of course, you know the. Well, since Doctor No, really.
2: If in, if in doubt, <laughs> yeah, get lost yeah. at sea. Exactly. Which is, most, which is the yeah. end of most yeah. Bond. No phones. Films. Yeah.
1: yeah. Almost like a classic horror film. That shot of Winston Kidd looking on is so good. Mm. Like it zooms in on them. I just love it. And because the audience then will be like, "Oh yeah, I've forgotten about them." Oh gosh.
4: Yeah.
1: Heck. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay, so good. But s- slightly blue shirt with Bond's latest tuxedo. <laughs> no.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is. I've it never is. noted that. So, but I'm you know, so
1: you are Sure, I think. Okay, but Tiffany's asking about their future. That sounds a bit serious. Is that right? Is not there. She,
4: it's in. She. It's implied that that's what she's going to ask. Yes. Uh, but she never manages to finish the sentence because winter right. kept coming. And then she finished it at the end and it's just about actually the stars in the sky and getting the diamonds there.
2: Which is great from, if we're talking about her agency and her losing mm-hmm. it with the machine gun and the bikini, she's, she's as, and Bond is utterly complicit in this. They are actually, you know, they are quite well suited in that mm-hmm. neither of them want to settle into kind of monogamous domesticity.
1: <laughs> forgetting on a moment. And she get... You know, didn't exist. So,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah. But she she gets that last line, which which actually I think does empower her. Between that but, though, she's yeah, she's we're gone. Skipping ahead slightly. Which doesn't
1: really empower her. But okay. Um yeah. Maybe. So yeah, this is obviously another Ken Adam interior set at Pinewood. Again, there's some funny shots of them filming it, having a mess about it on this, aren't they? Um <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a gorgeous I mean it just if it was real, it'd be so nice, wouldn't it? Like they've got their own balcony where they're sitting outside almost.
2: Yeah, I was going to it's say... It's not a cruise. Um, as I say... As I, I've, I don't know if you guys have ever been on a cruise holiday, but if you were to have that room on a cruise ship, it would yeah. cost you yeah. thousands a day. I don't know whether Felix has arranged it for them. I don't know whether he could.
1: It's Bond. It's Bond. The title theme's going on. It's all a bit happy. It's like a sort of classy arrangement of that. Everything's peaceful. And then... Winston Kidd arrives as waiters oh. with the compliments of Willard White. Oh. So does that I mean?
4: Bruce Goldfire yeah, he's, he's unbelievable. Yeah, he is. It's quality. Yeah.
1: And underneath, of course, the BAM Surprise. It's, it's, it really is done very well, I think, the scene. I think every aspect of it.
2: Mm, what's yeah. in it?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: then there would be no yeah, it's like screamingly funny. It's so good. Uh, it's just a shame it looks so plastic. I mean, like. And also, uh, it's broken. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> part, I always, I, I always find it irksome that part of the meringue, I presume, it is, that, yeah. part of the meringue, like outside of it, is like, it's like broken. <laughs> it's like, Previous take. They really not <laughs> yeah. have another one ready on set. Huge cherry in the middle. That's what she said.
3: No, so we'll cut that. Cut that, cut that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Can I ask what <laughs> can I ask What him? does Bruce Glover have around his neck? Is it like it looks like a medallion. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, obviously yeah. it gets used against him, but it's like a chain it has to be yeah. at the bottom. Is it and I could never figure it out. I, I thought I had this time.
2: Well, he's supposed to be a sommelier, isn't he? So I suppose <clears throat> yeah, I was thinking, is it
1: something
3: to do with that?
2: It must be something to do with being a sommelier and a bottle opener. I don't know what it is. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, it's used against him in the fight, but... Oh.
1: Mm. Well, he uses it first, doesn't he? But oh. The first terrifying shot we get of Wint holding aloft the bottle opener. It's almost, you know, he goes, like uh, threatening to... You know, you think he's going to do something then, but he, he doesn't. Uh, so that's the first warning the audience get and then yes bomb notices his strong aftershave and every time i smell to yeah. a rat it, that's the first thing that tips him off but it's actually
2: the again like from rush with love the wine isn't it that gets him out oh, just if you watch connery in this sequence he's yeah. selling every single moment Yeah. He as he sniffs the cork and then he realizes he can smell something else it's it so good
1: with such a grand meal. I'd rather expect to declare it. Mouton Rothschild is a claret.
2: Mouton <laughs> Rothschild out dude. is a claret.
1: <laughs> Both times I've smelt the rat. Very Scottish <laughs> Bond does a, a double take, doesn't he? Of kid, he's like, hang on, is that a guy who's he's yes. <laughs> flaming kebabs coming towards what? This is terrifying as when we were children watching this. this girl, oh. Yes, it really is. This necklace thing is used to strangle Bond, which is, again, quite scary. It looks properly real. Then we get the E, And... <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> <upset. laughs> Bond... <laughs> It's like a cutaway, though. It's a bit. Bond smashes the wine bottle, doesn't he? That like, lights up Kid basically, because the wine immolates yeah. him. Or, oh, it's just they cut this on the uh, the ITV version that I saw. You know, the afternoon one. It just sort of showed. Well, it just oh, really? showed the last shot of him going in. Or no, or no, it didn't show that. I think it just showed him the start of him when he set alight. Because he, he goes around for a bit, doesn't he, before he actually falls into the water.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he
1: cut that bit out. Yeah,
2: pretty awful. I assume it's the same technique they use for you know in similar sequences like License to Sanchez. Kill and Sanchez is set alight yeah. they put that quick is it quick burning um, essentially petrol over people but it sort of sets fire and then yeah burns out quite quickly as well they've put gel over them don't it's they it's amazing mm. isn't it the Sanchez one I remember we mm. couldn't believe that the first
1: time we saw like. what he's actually just he's on fire isn't he no yeah, before CGI no? yeah so scary, yeah. It's it's all it's actually quite quick, but it's very tight, and the music works so well. The screams of Mr. Kid as he's going off,
2: oh, it's horrible. he's actually it's really hard, he's buying, yeah.
1: yeah, and the look from Bruce Glover, them the sort of look of absolute like he wants to cry, yeah. but right, I'm going to kill him now. This is personal now because he's killed, you know, he's killed my partner. It's, it's so good, yeah. Again. Just by a look, that's how good the acting is, rather than uh, yep. the line or anything like that. It's Tiffany, though, isn't it, who tries to ch- chuck the cake at the... <laughs> Use it as a weapon. <laughs> but that reveals the bomb surprise, obviously. Right, okay, yeah, you know, here we are. The gonads. So, the tails yeah.
2: between the legs bit, yeah. So, okay, I, it's hard, hard to tell when I watched this as a kid for the first time what I thought was going on here. As an adult, you know, gay man who's kind of pieced together sex education from his own kind of reading over the years, trying to know (laughs) and all that sort of thing, Um, you know, what, you know, I'm trying to think what I must have thought was happening as a kid. And I've read a lot of art, I've read a lot of pieces written by people who say that it's because Bond pulls his. It pull, pulls the tails between his legs and attaches the bomb. That he's be, it's because he's touching, and I'm not going to get it all graphic, <laughs> so let's keep it anatomical. But he touches his penis. Oh, I'm like, that is totally not what this scene is. No, nah. I didn't think that. That yeah. is not what this scene is. I'm just like, these people either are just really ignorant, I, d- I don't know, do they just not understand male anatomy? You know, because uh, men have something called a prostate, <laughs> and whether you're gay or straight, we all have one. You know, that is what's going on here. He's essentially stimulating. <laughs> the implication is he's stimulating his prostate with a bomb, which is which is incredibly <laughs> I <can't> believe this, <laughs> which is incredibly um, awkward. Because is he supposed to be essentially? A, is it supposed to be like Schadenfreude, essentially? Yeah. That he's attacking a gay man by attacking his pleasure yes. center, essentially, with an explosive device. You know that is what's going on here. If we break that sequence down, and the ooh, that's what's going that, on. Yeah, oh, I like this. Is it? I don't know. I don't. And that's supposed to be that's supposed to be him receiving <laughs> prostate. You know, actually, I can't even, believe it. Children, I've have se- seen. I know was him a I've seen it. movies made in the last. <laughs> I, i've seen movies made in the last i've seen movies made in the last decade or so which have stereotyped gay men as being especially and i'm going to keep it anatomical still, huh? promise but they've stere- have, have stereotyped gay men as being especially sensitive in the anus okay and and being espe- okay okay gay men and straight men are exactly anatomically the same okay so it is definitely a stereo it, it's a stereotype damaging according to the british board of film classification it is is a stereotype that gay men have some kind of special pleasure centers (laughs) but that that is the stereotype and almost the fear let's be honest almost the fear of kind of gay men that you know for some reason they're all going to be anally obsessed i don't know but there is that there is that kind of that's what that sequence is playing off and it's that sense, that idea that gay—this is how I read it anyway—that gay men are different to straight men biologically, anatomically, and that Bond can therefore have his revenge on this gay man yeah. by sticking a bomb up his bum, <laughs> essentially. Now we've broken that one down. <laughs> what do you guys think? So it was a nice little flip. I I
3: always took it yeah. that that it was that it was like a wedgie, yeah, and that it was that he was just like. Like, there was more of a surprise. I, I didn't read yeah. it as any kind of pleasure. I just saw it as he was like surprised, like, oh, whoa, I wasn't yeah. expecting to be given a wedding. <laughs> I always took it as that. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, <laughs> this is down as yeah, forever. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. Call, call me naive, but I also felt the same as Chris. Yeah. It's
1: true. It was a curious tr- thing that day. Trust ago? me. Th- is it only yeah. like more
2: recently? I or don't. I honest. I honestly. I honestly don't know. I think you're right. I but think yeah yeah. I think if you, if you rewatch yeah. it, it's clear that Bruce Glover is playing. Ooh. And you know, we talked. We talked previously about whether you know gay people should play just gay roles and that sort of thing. But Bruce Glover. You know, he was surely given direction on this one here, but he's definitely playing that yeah. he's finding yeah, it pleasurable.
3: Yeah. Yes, yeah, no, I agree. Which with Which is you. ridiculous.
1: You know, like even
3: as he's being killed, Which Ooh. you wouldn't find a wedgie pleasure. No 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 no. No. <laughs> no, no, no,
2: no. no, no.
1: But
3: no. no. no, no. well, like, yeah. as a kid, I just, I just thought it was. Uh, he was taken yeah, by yeah. surprise by this particular. That isn't what it is. But attack. No. Yeah. I I agree,
1: David. I think you're right. But I would have only I've only noticed that. Like I said, I haven't seen the film for maybe 15 years. So I saw it recently and it didn't surprise me this time because it was like, when I've thought about the scene since, obviously, and heard people talking about it, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's blatant, isn't it?
2: And there is perhaps, and maybe I am kind of taking it to the next level here, but there is that sort of implication that Bond as the alpha male is, and again, I'm going to keep it family friendly, but that he's the dominant kind of partner in this interaction <laughs> you know um so he he is essentially dominating him and that uh, he's somehow bringing him pleasure just before he kills him which is hey. which it, it, it is that it is actually an intensely I'll, I'll be honest as a gay man watching that scene it is in an intensely discomforting yeah. moment that yeah, look of done. pleasure on bruce glover's face uh. because i'm just like yeah, he's sort of ridiculing gay men in a way. in the se- In the same way, it doesn't take away from the fact that the scene itself is so well constructed da, 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 from a dramatic da, 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 da. point of view. Yeah, yeah. Just in a in a in a
3: <laughs> in a in a in a practical sense, do you not actually see the bomb between his legs? You know, it's not actually inserted into him.
2: No, no, no. Of course
3: not. But it's is kind it of like you do like see it. Bus? Because his hands, does he, his ha, his is hands, it the neck thing?
2: Is he does he grab his hands as well? I don't know. His hands, his hands are he attached be... to the tails, which he yes. de- which he's already pulled, pulled between his legs. So Bond's yeah. hands are between his legs, and then he attaches the bomb to that. Oh, that's it. Yeah, and then he, right, the flips, is... and then he sends yeah. him flailing over the yeah, yeah. and they explodes the, before yeah,
1: because he he does the gag. He? He's certainly left with his tail between his legs. Is that? Yeah. Does that mean he's dick Which, again? I mean,
2: you know, Taylor sometimes of, has often been seen. Taylor's been seen as a euphemism for yeah, yeah, penis yeah. as well. So it's that idea that he's essentially—I don't know—is the idea that he—it's not Bond having sex with him, <laughs> but he's forced him to have sex with himself. Either I, I, you know, I've spent a long time poring over that sequence um, over the last year or so, and it never gets any less discomforting. In fact, it kind of mm. the more you think about it. The more you kind of think, this is why this film has been re-rated in the UK. Well,
4: I was just going to say that. Is it like yeah. When when are we putting in? When are we putting a new re-rating for an eighteen? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. human centipede kind of stuff. here? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Well, I'm they didn't flip. cut that bit. Yeah, though. I know. Uh, I know uh, what you mean. They yeah.
1: cut the bit yeah. with strangling the woman, but they didn't cut this bit. Interestingly, you could
4: argue. I am just so sorry that like. You
2: know, this must be no, no. It's it's nothing to feel you know, uh, you know, sad about in a sense. It is just that, as I say, I've seen films made in the last decade or so mm. which have perpetuated that stereotype that mm. gay men have a special kind of affinity for having things put up their backsides. Which you know, I'm I'm not gonna you know get too personal or anything like that. But it is it is nothing exclusively in the anatomy of gay men. Mm. It's just that that's, you know, you know, the reality of, you know, gay sex, essentially. You know, know, there is no such thing as gay sex. You know, there there is... Yeah, there are are loads of people. um, There are loads of uh, really inspirational kind of educationalists, academics and whatever, who have taken pains to point out there is no such thing as gay sex because it is just sex. What we're actually talking about is not heteronormative sex in you know very traditional kind of conventional way whatever 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 you know if you're talking about you know men's anatomy then we are all identical more or less but there is that idea that only gay men receive pleasure in a particular way and that's what i think diamonds are every is playing with yeah like bombs like oh i know
1: where he's vulnerable Unlike me, because we've got, got a different bodies, yeah. His, it's that, so what yeah
2: what defines yeah. exactly what defines him as gay is where I am going yeah, to yeah. attack
1: him. Oh, it's a, it is a shame, because it's Winton Kidd, for everyone who says they're progressive, you could argue that they're completely but you know, regressive. Yeah. Like the film, there's so many
2: not hypocritical And yet but, at the same time you know i i don't know no no i don't no. end the film on a no. sour note and I, n- I never leave diamonds forever feeling like it's ended on a sour note yes it does leave me feeling discomforted but at the same time i've still seen i've still seen a gay you know i, I refer we referred in a previous episode that there was a gay publication shortly after its tv premiere who did have oh. problems with this and i have problems with this but it's entirely possible to have problems with something and appreciate it on another level mm. and that's how I feel about this film as well it is really uncomfortable in certain scenes for a gay audience to watch this but at least we're there at least we exist yeah yeah. and that might be a low bar that might be a low bar for some people but certainly for me as as a kid watching this film I was like oh, other people like me exist and even if it's not spot on how i would want gay people to be represented then it is at least there hi i'm rob i'm simon and i'm james we want to talk about those movies those supposedly bad movies those movies that bombed to see if they weren't that bad after all join us every other tuesday on the for your reconsideration
4: podcast part of the Poddojo dojo podcast network you can catch us on iTunes, Spotify and all your usual podcast apps.
2: And it won't cost you a solitary bean, mate. <laughs> it's like it's free. <laughs> it's just like it's free. <laughs>
1: have we finished the film? I think we might have done. We are at, at the end. The end. Yeah. Will we get a repeat of the, the theme song, but just one verse into the chorus? And James Bond will return in Live and Let Down, because they, they were still doing what they were saying. Because they planned in advance, then of course. <sighs> um, we come to the summary section. Uh, first of all, the box office. So, "Dawns Are Forever" another one which had its uh, UK premiere at the Odeon Leicester Square, but it was actually first came out in Munich. Interesting. Wow. In December, it came out in on the fourteenth of December in Munich, and then UK 30th of December. Got an odd release so yeah. That is an yeah. odd time to release, isn't it? Anyway, it was a massive, massive box office success. So, number one in America for seven weeks in a row. So, I mean, imagine that now. I mean, that's unheard of, isn't it? Crikey! And it, it got 160 million worldwide from the seven million budget, which again is just ridiculous, isn't it? Incredible. And 43 million of that was from the U.S. and Canada, so it was particularly big there. And adjusted for inflation that will be 644 million worldwide which would be would still only be seventeenth so in the series so it just shows you how successful nearly all these films i mean all of them are we say even i think is it license to kill was the lowest but it, with inflation it'd still be like 300 million or something i mean it's just you know much 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 better than nearly every other series isn't it um it's the 11th most successful in America though so it is still pretty popular and coming after Honour and Majesty's Witch, just from Thunderball they went down a little bit didn't they but they were coming from the absolute heights so they, you know that it wasn't like You Only live Twice wasn't successful it was just the whole slightly less successful because of the new George Lazenby, and, and then they were a bit worried about that. And
2: Bond mania. Yeah, yeah, And really struck and it, by Thunderboy. So it,
1: it got an, kick, a shot in the arm a type of a new type of Bond, and obviously audiences appreciated it, even though most people would prefer Honor Majesty's. Majesties. I, I keep saying I'm glad we've got both of them. You know, I'm glad we've got the different styles of Bond. And we didn't have to see them like John. You didn't have to go into the cinema, oh, what's next after Honor Majesties? Oh, you know, Majesties? It no, must I'm have been not. so weird at the time, but anyway critically 64% on rotten tomatoes which is not not too bad is it that's is
2: that they call it fresh whatever the kids call, call it I know yeah Thursdays. crisp, crisp. <laughs> yeah that should be crisp rating it's crisp most most kids probably don't know
1: what rotten tomatoes is anyway 17th again so it was above specter it's so above specter and one below quantum so 3 pretty much Derided films, I think, in the Bond, in the Bond fandom, even aren't they? That's it. This one, of course, isn't just mm. Anyway, Yeah, So, the Rotten Tomatoes website says *Darms Are Forever* is a largely derivative affair, mm. but it's still pretty entertaining, nonetheless, thanks to some great stunts, less stunts than normal, witty dialogue, yeah, mm. Yep. Yeah. and the presence of Sean. Yeah, percent. Yeah. Fair, fair. Yeah. Just to rattle these off, just. Yeah, Metacritic, it has 59, which is the 14th highest one. IMDb, 6.6, which was the worst until Moonraker. So at the time, that would have been the worst. Obviously, they weren't done at the time. But, and it's now, it's now in 16th. So again, it's like lower mid-table, isn't it? It's not as low as these latest Twitter polls, which have diamonds in the 20s, don't they? All of them. Pretty much in the bottom... In the relegation zone, really? <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Poor, poor, poor. It was nominated for an Academy Award for best sound, presumably for the Ooh,
2: presumably okay. for the mud pie sound effect. Left. <laughs> yeah, that r- that rotten potato sound. It's for Tiffany Case's sound at the end. <laughs> <Yeah>. that, <"Ooh."> <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: can't
2: do it. Enough. Or or Bambi and Thum or yeah, Bambi yeah. and Thumper's sound effects, as recreated yeah. by Tom and his brothers. <laughs> 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 we're weird. We're weird. If if I have nightmares tonight, yeah, you are responsible. It's a it's another scary bit of a film.
1: Not as scary as our impression of it, but yeah. Anyway, Roger Ebert, who his review said he said you know the plot was a bit irrelevant and there were moments of silliness. So he did criticize the moonbug. You no offense, um, and the robot arms. He praised the Vegas okay. car chase. See, yeah, I th- I thought it was yeah. good. Um, I'm a
4: fan of the car
1: chase. New York Times, a nostalgic journey down memory lane by jet, by helicopter, by hearse, <laughs> by moon machine, <laughs> and by barefoot across deep pile rugs to king size beds in hotel rooms as big as Nevada. A lot of things have changed since you only lived twice. The last real Bond adventure, or uh, I right, get it. But 007 has remained a steadfast agent for the military-industrial complex, a friend to the CIA and a triumphant sexist. It's enough to make one weepy with gratitude. These are contemporary reviews, of course. Diamonds or Forever is also great, absurd fun, not only because it recalls the moods and manners of the 60s, but also because all the people connected with the movie obviously know what they are up to.
2: I think it's quite a self-aware film. Even even in its sillier moments, it's... uh uh, it it knows what it's doing.
1: It uh, yeah. I, I mean, no, There's there's quite a few yeah. more, and the they're often very kind towards Connery, thankfully. At the time, Connery. I think a part of it was he's yeah. back, so we're grateful in a way. No offense again. To, I mean I'd? We'll go into debates with George Lazenby oh, uh, uh, Yes, yeah, famously, fair, didn't, you know, rating, but um, right. <laughs> yes, but yeah. There's basically what we've said you know the, a lot of the criticisms were there at the time and 20 it's it's more it's gone down in people's estimations over the years hasn't it particularly the critics i still think you know like like i say james our brother he still thinks it's one of the best ones the most fun ones And I hope we've we've not been sniffy about it in our review. IGN Network they they chose it as the third worst, only Man with the Golden Gun would die another day or worse. According to them. And listen to this, Total Film listed the the worst Bond villains in the series. The worst were Bambi and Thumper, in the whole series. Second worst, Winton Kid. So, what?
2: <laughs> who, who Total Film. I don't know when. I don't know what year. That was. I, I think but, I need. Yeah, we yeah. Need I bet to it's send, well. We need to send Winton to yeah, yeah. the total film office. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. So, guys, right? We've we've you know
2: discussed it in a de-
1: a depth and um, quickly. I suppose uh, favorite bits, favorite parts. Chris, what would you say? Or oh, its strengths, at least.
3: I think for for, for its strengths is definitely the 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 dialogue. And some of the characterisation. I think, you know, revisiting this, uh, you know, I always sort of dismissed Tiffany as just, because I just often just remember her just falling off an oil rig, you know. But actually, up until about two thirds of the way through it, she's a really great character, great dialogue. She, you know, she gives as much as she gets. I really appreciate um, Connery's performance more than ever because he, he he just completely just owns it that he just comes in and he looks relaxed and he looks like he's having fun and you know he just yeah he just exudes just charisma and just style he's just fantastic in this one um, yeah and Wynton and Kidd c- continue to be entertaining and disturbing and frightening and I think the Bond franchise is richer for having them because they are interesting. Uh, like you say, they may not be the best representation, but I still think that at least it's... Like like David said, at least it is some representation. I know that's sad to say, but... mm mm-hmm. I think that um, some of the sets are great. I love the scene, the, the set with uh, Thumper and Bambi. I love, you know, and, and really... To, i just think that the john barry's mm. work on this film is just tremendous i think it's one of his best i think mm. he just keeps Absolutely. everything moving he makes everything when at times it's maybe not maybe not cheap but it has a it has a um well i suppose it, it you know you think you think of vegas and you do think of tacky kind of things but he sort of elevates it to as as he always does to something that's, that's so classy, and you know he's able to really draw out action and drama, and you know he, he's really was you know a master. So for those reasons, it, I do think it has gone up my list again. I think it was one that that was always I always enjoyed. But then this is the thing with the Bond series: there's always that list. You end up because you mm. push something up, you push yeah. something down, and that's what's kind of happened. I think I'd, um, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot more than I ever thought, I think, having kind of reviewed it recently, and having talked about it for so long, (laughs) (laughs) um, there's a lot more going for it than I previously kind of thought, I never dismissed it, I never thought it was just a silly, you know, stopgap before we got Roger Moore or anything like that. But I, 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 I like to say the, the the dialogue really stands out for me, as well as the um, the music.
1: I do have everyone's rankings here for what they're worth, because I think yours, Chris, you said you might have, you keep changing them all the time, obviously. And originally, you had like Skyfall, you had fairly high, apparently, didn't you? And now I'm seeing that that's fourth bottom. So <laughs> that was after the review as well. Yeah. <laughs> but one above it is Diamonds, I'm afraid, so it's in twentieth. You don't have to, you know. It's not. There's no shame. Yeah,
3: here, I would. I would again. It, it would. It was definitely moved up again. Definitely moved. Well, up. has it gone above Casino? I now? think
2: those rankings. Yeah, they're, they're just, not. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. Just. I. They, I, I, do, I. I do join in on those ranking things in on social media, but I always feel really, really yes. bad because even even a not great Bond film, <clears> you know, and I definitely yeah. put Die Another Day and Spectre and you know some of the others you know, sort of towards the lower end of the pack, I'd still probably much rather put one of those Absolutely. on the most movies <laughs> so yeah, yeah. it is it is all relative and I think that's, you know, I always put Diamonds of Forever in my top 5 partly because I do always want to champion an underdog, that's part of my personality mm-hmm. and sincerely it's always yeah, as far as I can remember it's always been at least in my top 10, you know, regardless of whether I want to kind of give it a leg up or not yeah I don't know I, I, it's fun to rank things higher than other things sometimes but I think all Bond films have their saving graces yeah absolutely
3: yeah there's not there's not one that I, I, I intensely really Dislike—they've all got something. (laughs) They've all got something going for them, like you say. And I think that for for the majority of films, is that you can be, you know, it could be reviewed as absolute crap. But if you do give it, you know, some attention, you'll find that there's an interesting camera shot. There's a bit of, you know, some decent acting in there, or or even if it's one piece of dialogue in a film, there's usually something in it. And I think for for Bond films, the standard is so high that you end up kind of nitpicking yeah you do yeah, feel definitely. that you need to rank them
1: they should They should. the ranking is really which are your favourites that's what it is it's not it shouldn't be a negative yeah, yeah. thing it should be yeah Yeah. like if you no, if you just do yeah, your top yeah. five that's more positive isn't it you know because you must love them all
2: but I'll be honest it's like 20 it's not what are your bottom yeah yeah Yeah. it's not your what, what's your bottom pick it's like what's your least exactly. favourite yeah pick yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: I just happen to like others yeah, yeah, more than this. Mm, That's what it comes mm. down to. And
2: there's
1: there's the two types on there. There's like what's technically a good film, you know, the Casino L from Russia We'd love and then what do you want to whack on as something really enjoyable, Octopussy of you to a kill, i on the gun, I guess. Um
2: yeah. Th- th- well there we go, we've achieved we've achieved what doc- what Doctor Metz wanted to say, what, what he wanted to do, we've achieved world yeah. peace. Yeah, we have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he may have been disappointed in his compatriot Blofeld, but you know he he he's found yeah. a kindred spirit in us.
4: Will you please, be <laughs> <a> irritating man? <laughs>
2: <laughs> do you think he uh, perished at the end? I hope, I hope not. The world needs more Doctor
1: Metz. For yeah. World peace. It could yeah. be like one of those Well, if you bring Sorry, back
3: Blofeld, we can bring yeah, back yes. Matt in the next one. Yeah.
1: They could use him, can't they, for good. You know, to avoid his prison sentence will mm-hmm. work for us. Yeah. One of the, one of those ones.
2: Don't know if that happens in real life. And we're looking forward to the moment in No Time to Die where <laughs> Blofeld gets out. World's greatest military market. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <The audience. laughs> It give, uh, gives that to Daniel yeah. Craig. Yeah. Do he'll you remember be like, Yes! From oh, our childhood, yes. James. And he'll probably... <laughs> that is <just> validated our <laughs> childhoods.
1: And he'll probably be like, oh, I hate this and smash it up. Or something. Last Jedi, yeah. you know. Just, uh, do you think it's an unusual one for, for Sean to end on? It's a good one for him to end on in that he is definitely one of the highlights in it, but I just feel a bit bad sometimes that people seem to think he got less and less interested and then... Diamonds is just silly and not very good, and yeah, you know, it's Sean. he was almost people assume that everyone loves him, so he doesn't get as much praise as perhaps he should. Now it's like it's too. It's almost boring to give Sean some praise because we know how good he is. But then everyone, everyone like everyone likes a hot take, don't they? And like oh, I actually like this much more and all like that. And then actually, no. Just can we give Sean Connery some praise again because he's he's a very good actor.
2: I think he's very magnetic to watch in these movies, and I think that's really, really easy to take for granted. And especially this one, where people say he's... Uh, I think it's usually you only of twice... Yeah. ...where people say that he's kind of sleepwalking. But he has... He has so many great moments in that film, and you don't know what was going on. You know, it's probably quite a difficult shoot. Yeah. You know, uh, for a Western film to shoot in Japan. You know, then was was relatively unheard of, um, and you can sense he feel. You do sense he feels much more at home in Diamonds of Forever, and that comes across in the performance. So I I never really get the idea that Sean yeah. is walking through. As it's certainly not a linear thing. You know, even if there is sort of a bit of a, you know, doing it for the paycheck element to you only if twice, which I don't subscribe to, it's certainly not the case with Diamonds Forever. No. It's really brilliant in Diamonds Forever.
4: Never hated it. My issue with is the main thing has been, I, I try and look at things fairly. And I've been someone who has been very, very critical of what's happened with the series um, from Spectre. We've had an amazing... I think Skyfall set it up well where we could go and it seemed like Spectre undid a lot of that work. And if I'm sat back and looking at it impartially, if Honor Majesty's Secret Service was released in 2015... In 2012, sorry. And The Diamonds of Forever was released in 2015, the lack of continuity there would have caused... A massive media outrage yeah, would, in terms yeah. of the critics there because there's lack of consistency. And 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 I'm just and my main thing with that has been because I love Majesty so much, I feel shortchanged that I've never been able to see the low felt get his come in the way. Uh, I wanted to see this revenge this revenge filler that includes Mark and Draco and see that. But that is not to discount Diamonds Are Forever as a film, because for me the perfect scenario would have been if Diamonds Are Forever was the sixth film uh, after You Only Live Twice, and then you'd have had On a Magic Secret Service, and then you'd have had one more, and then you'd have had Roger Moore come in and do Live yeah, and yeah. Let it Die. But hindsight's a great thing, in it, you know. We're all—it's not the way it happens—and actually, those four-year break for Sean Connery, I think did do a lot of good because I do think he comes back and he is refreshed in this. He's a different kind of Bond to me than he is in, say, From Russia With Love. I do feel that, but he has the screen presence and he is magnetic. He is most certainly the biggest movie star out of the six Bond actors. There is something about him that when you watch him, you go... It's like the Marlon Brando effect. You are completely and utterly magnetised to him as a person when you watch Sean Connery. And uh, this is very much so in this. The massive positives of this are the dialogue. The dialogue superb. As with the vast majority of Guy Hamilton films, pretty much nobody gives a bad performance in the acting stakes. As I said at the beginning, I think Charles Gray's performance... Is superb. I actually really like him as a villain. I think, person, the issue is that it suffers because he is Blowfelt, and I think if they'd have just given that guy a different name, he wouldn't get the stick that he mm. gets now. Because after the stuff that you get is the babyish stuff, like oh, how can Blowfelt be in drag and all that, and it's all and it's actually like yeah, but you've got to separate that because actually this is a good villain. You, Dave, you've certainly brought out some fantastic points about how catty he is and this kind of thing. He's got some great dialogue. Um, I just think it's unfortunate that he's got to tag the name Blowfelt on, on there. I think Winton Kidd, I, I love them as villains. I think Bruce Glover especially gives an, a sensational performance. And I think Jill St. John does really well with what she's given in it. She's
1: given a lot of good stuff. For most of the part,
4: she's given a lot of good. She's given a lot of good stuff. But as I said, even the issues towards the end are not Jill Saint John's fault. She does it as well as she can with um, what she's given. The song is one of the best in the series for me. I absolutely adore the song. And as you said, David, it's incredibly self-aware. It knows what it is. It's not trying to be something it's not. It's an incredibly bold decision to, after the films we've had, and especially the previous film, to go down a route like this, is an absolute U-turn. And the series is better for that, because one of the strengths of the series is the diversity of it. Uh, There are things that change, and uh, it's still not one of my absolute... It's not one of my favourites in the series, but I like it. When I give my ranking in a minute that is more a reflection of the strength of the series as opposed to the weakness of this film.
1: You know, you have brilliant, John, but you know the whole... We're looking at it as Bond fans from many years on, from when it was released. But at the time, it was almost the opposite. Mm. As Bond fans now, it's like... absolutely. It's like, oh, they were getting a bit silly, and then we you know, a bit, well, a bit more fantastical, and then we had Honor Majesty's, Majesties, which was so brilliant, and, you know, we got a love story, and it was absolutely amazing, and then we had a silly one, but at the time, it was more like, Sean Connery is just the man, we're obsessed with him, they might have been getting more fantastical, but the audiences, that's what really brought the bigger audiences on board, and then Honor Majesty's Majesties drifted away from that a bit, and even critically, you know, it, they weren't ready. They weren't ready. Oh yeah, so they weren't ready. It was still a big hit. People people just p- think it was a flop. Of course, it wasn't. It was just compared to the others, wasn't it? But to then get it's now nowadays, like you say, if this was released now after Honor the people would be angry and up in arms, I think. But it was the opposite then. It was like this is the one we're more in keeping mm-hmm. with, particularly in the seventies, and it 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 was perhaps needed again. I know there's so many of the films in the series that are like make or break. They seem to be. But they're not quite, it's never quite as bad as people say, and it's, you know, like we keep saying that about Dying of the Day, you know, like, it was the biggest hit of the franchise, you know, it wasn't wasn't like, goodness me, oh dear me, we need to really change it, that was the critical thing, wasn't it, of course, but, and, you know, Moonraker was the biggest one at the time, and, you know, box office, so it wasn't like, oh dear me, this is getting stupid now. Just many ways. We're lucky that there's so many different styles within the series, like you say.
4: And, and, and I'm looking at it retrospectively. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and, that's, and that's that's fair. But it also begs the question, is that we're obviously at this moment in where we're asking for change. Yeah. And it'd be really interesting to see what people think of this era retrospectively in 30 years' time if it will have a different opinion and, and if people will see Spectre differently because they think, oh, it brought some light-hearted mm. tones that weren't there before. And it will be interesting to see what the next generation will think of.
1: Absolutely. Because it might be like, oh, everyone everyone goes on about the brother thing, but there's actually a really good film in there. You know, it might be like The Clown. Might, you don't know.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I don't think so. No, don't think
4: so. But, um, you get the... no, well, but you don't know, do you? Yeah.
1: So go on. You were going to reveal your dreaded rankings, were you, John?
4: Well, I think overall, um, unfortunately, I've put it twenty first. But I, I really like it. It's my twenty first favorite, as opposed to as opposed to my fourth.
2: That was the right one. answer, yeah. John.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the way I see it. I, I, there are, I think, there are, there are flaws in it. There are plot holes, but it's enjoyable. You sit down and you watch it, and I put it in that same category as Man with the Golden Gun. And the only reason I think I put I think I switched them two round, and I think the reason I switched them round is because, especially when we talked about it, the complexity of Scaramanga is outstanding. But but I I put both Diamonds and Forever and Golden Gun in those kind of two films where I think they have flaws. They have plot holes. If you wanted to critically assess it, you could tear it apart. If you were being really um, pretentious, but you can also sit down for two hours and really enjoy both those films. And and surely, as we keep going on about how James Bond is about escapism, that's the purpose of a James Bond film.
2: No, I'll keep it. I'll keep it succinct. So, just in terms, I agree with absolutely everything you guys have said. But I think objectivity is impossible when it comes to films we watched, particularly when we were younger. So there are quite a few movies from the 1980s. Are we? Were we all, were we all born in the 80s? Yeah. Yeah. So there were quite a few movies from the 1980s, which I didn't watch the first time around because my family weren't particularly like movie going people and whatever. So... I've never actually got around to watching Karate Kid, for instance, and you know all that sort of uh, quite a few of those films. And when I've watched those as an adult, you know, I watched like uh, the Arnie film Commando the other week because there are quite a few <laughs> people. Space. Uh, yeah, I, wa- I watched Commando, and I was like, I enjoyed it, but I know I would have enjoyed it differently had I watched <laughs> as a kid. child. Yeah. I'd have probably been traumatized 18, if I yeah. watched that film <laughs> yeah, as a yeah. kid. Yeah, but you know. Talk about gay movies, freaking yeah. heck. You know, the the 80s had a lot of those. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, so it, yeah, it. objectivity... Oh, uh, yeah, objectivity is completely impossible when it comes to the children, it Comes to, it comes to the films that we watched as children. Um, I think if I do a try to apply some kind of objectivity as an adult... I'm not a huge fan, and this is where, this is the big difference in the relationship in in between me and my husband, Uh, and we don't fall out about it too much, but I am not a big fan of continuity and canon and all that kind of thing, and I don't know why, and I think I'm probably in a minority here, but I hate the idea of things being canonical and not canonical for me it's all one and the same so if you think about superhero series and you know star wars and that kind of stuff and people go yes but it's not canon." my response to that is i don't care (laughs) you know i enjoyed that and i don't care whether it is canon or not because all of these things have been made up anyway so why do i care whether things are canon or not and particularly when it comes to bond discontinuity is what I want. I do have a massive problem with the Daniel Craig era because I really don't want the films to connect with each other. Yes. Because I want the films to be like when I watched them as children, when they appeared on TV in a random order and I could enjoy them in a random order. And that was absolutely fine. I particularly like in Diamonds Are Forever the fact that it is very tonally up and down and i do have a soft spot for films which are very tonally awkward queer if you will in the very broadest sense exactly they refuse to kind of fit within a purely comedic a purely you know the thing that i hate about the marvel series and i've watched all of them so, uh, you know, I don't hate it in that sense. But the thing that I find really irksome about the Marvel films is that they are all sort of homogenised in terms of tone. They've all got the same. That same kind of, yeah, they do kind of character. go up and down. It's the same sense of humour. It's like every time you know exactly what you're going to get. And, and that's great in a sense, you know, and Bond, you could say, he's not that distinct. But. You know, from film to film, but I disagree. Yeah. I think the Bond films do have lots of uh, lots of ca- they are they are quite tonally distinct from one another. But that Diamonds of Forever is a bit like films like View to a Kill, which has its really dark, sinister moments and its really light-hearted and silly moments. And I tend to prefer those kind of films where they really do mix the tones more. So that's ultimately why I like Diamonds Are Forever. I can't divorce it from the associations I had as a child. And as an adult, I really like films which mix it up tonally. So for me, it's, it's always going to be there in the top ten at least.
1: I totally agree with that. I think I'm like you, David. I, I don't like it when something's too stilted or too silly. It, you can have that and not do what John doesn't like and... You know the odd scene that just doesn't fit the Fury's only thing, because you could say Diamonds throughout is consistently a bit silly, but also got some serious scenes all throughout. It's to- yeah. okay. The tone has changed within the film, but it's the same. It's the same. It's not like one one half and then a second half. Yeah. Which, well, Cas- Casino Real is almost feels like two films. Not they do meld together fairly well. But that, I think that's the problem. That we we do say in the Casino Rale review, which eventually that will come out, if it was just left there as a one-off, it could be seen, like you say, John, if it wasn't undone by what came after, it would, even by us, be viewed as, oh, that was a nice one-off, just to have him fall in love again, and mm. Bond begins, or whatever. Right, we've done that now. Let's get on with Let's get a different tone in the next film, or diff- you know, just a normal tone. Or It's when you go down... Right, audiences like that. Let's do another one similar to it and continue ten minutes after. I don't know. I think no time to die. Goodness me, I don't. Does anyone really expect it to be a completely different tone from the last few? Of course, we don't. It's good. It's going to be a bit of a greatest hits, I think, of the last four. That's my prediction.
2: I do I don't know what it is in human nature about you know that that tendency over the last 10 or 15 years to go for continuity and yeah it's a modern episodic storytelling yeah. i don't it is i'm not sure what it is that you know because it's certainly a winning formula yeah the, there's got to be some kind of psychology behind that six
4: time is six minutes. Six minutes. Check. do you not know, think it's probably due to the rise of uh, streaming services that have led to tv stuff so the vast majority of popular TV stuff now is character based episodic stuff where there's a development and they've they've potentially taken that kind of formula to the yeah. cinematic universe. Whereas
1: in the eighties it was more, mm. Oh, there's a new Arnie film, that'll be brilliant, you know. I don't really you know, I don't really have to care what the plot is before I go in. I know what I'm gonna get. I'm gonna have great ninety minutes, I'll love it. And then I'll forget about it until the next time I watch it again. You don't want a fandom. I don't know. It was never the fandom of James Bond until recently, was it? Like the Star Wars fandom, like oh, who's Sn- uh, what's his name, Snoke, and oh, I've got a theory about who he is and who- who's Snoke. yeah, whose uh, father he was and who he's actually and all this nonsense. You you don't. Re- I don't really want that in the Bond film. I don't want, really want to be like oh, is his son going to be in it, and oh, is he going to get married, and I just need
2: at the risk yeah. of at the risk- at the risk of setting the world to rights, I always, I always hate that. I always hate that utilitarian view of, you know, oh, this film or this episode is just designed to get us to the next. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. This individual episode of this TV series and this particular film should be satisfying in its own right. Yes. Absolutely. It should not be a means to get to a further instalment of a story. And I know that, you know, episodic storytelling, uh, you know, goes back to Charles Dickens and even before then, you know, you know, drip feeding things out once a month, that kind of stuff. But I find it intensely frustrating when people go, oh, it only gets good by season yeah. three Break or whatever. Back. So what, I have to wade through, like, I have to wade through like 30 hours of my life to get to a decent story. I'm sorry. You know, I, you know, I'm not going to live long enough to watch all the great, you know, films and TV and read all the great books that I want to at this rate. So it's like, why would I waste my time? Why would I waste 30 hours of my life getting to a point where it gets good? (laughs) And it's the same thing with movies. It's like what, you know, it's like, with particularly the Marvel films, it's like, oh, you have to watch the second yeah. and the third one because the fourth one's really good. No, you really. I'm don't. sorry, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. And it's the same thing with Bond. Every film has to be individually satisfying. Yes. And if they continue down the route that they've gone on at the moment, and that's the thing that I love about diamonds forever. It is it more than probably met all of the other bond films. It is a standalone. It's a, it's a Sean Connery one-off. I already used the phrase earlier victory lap. It's the whole, there's, there's no stakes here. Okay. We had on our majesty's a different bond. We're going to press the reset switch in the first three minutes of this movie dead wife. What dead wife? Ooh. And we're just going to enjoy this two hours and then we're going to move on to a different bond. There are no consequences. There is no fallout of this. Just enjoy it.
3: No, I completely agree. I completely agree with you. I think, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I'm sick. It's that policing uh, people's like um, expectations and kind of enjoyment that you you won't you won't enjoy this as much because you've not yeah. done this bit it's like it's it's rubbish it's, if you go in to create something you have to you know, the intention is it should be the best thing that you can create it's not always the best thing but that should always be the intention so this how well, we'll just be a bit half-hearted yeah. here because we know the really good stuff's going to come next is is terrible there's no way to create so yeah no I completely agree and yeah and I th- yeah and I think it is a really good way of describing Diamonds Are Forever that that it is just this one off you know kind of really unique film you know and let's not worry about it and you know and I'd rather go and watch a film and that's what you love about the series it's like I'll just, I'll watch, you know, Bond in, in Vegas. I want to see now him in, you know, wandering around Harlem, you know, and I want to go here and I want to go there and I want to be with that type of Bond and I want to see that type of action. And that's what's, what's great about the series. I think when you start doing these kind of long tail sort of narratives, which is not what they intended to do, that's quite clear, but um, this kind of, rewriting of history it just it just weakens everything it weakens those films that are actually in that series because then you now you're seeing them as you know it tarnishes that other oh i didn't like spectre so now i want to go back and watch skyfall i'm a bit like oh spectre's coming next and it's kind of oh maybe i won't watch skyfall i'd rather just watch that film for for, for what it is
2: there we go we've (laughs) we've 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 solved cinema we've solved everything yeah, solved cinema. Dr Metz would be Dr Metz would be proud <laughs> will you please leave you irritating podcasters
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's what the audience is saying right thank you gentlemen this has been really enjoyable bumper fascinating bizarre that's, uh, yeah it's it's been great for guys <laughs> I'm sure like we always say Dimes Are Forever will be chatted as long as we're alive or it's there'll be new aspects we find with it there'll be funnier bits that we keep laughing at and more serious bits that we think heck maybe I shouldn't have done that but it's a James Bond film that I'm glad exists again it's like all of them No, yeah why Mm -hmm. why just pick at these films because you don't think they're as good as the other ones like you're meant to be a Bond fan you're a Bond fan because you love love James Bond and you've got you've got an episode here you know 1971 in Vegas a bit camp a bit scary in places. You won't get that now. You will, you will not get a new Bond film which has got such weird and daring themes and sense of humor. It's a product of its time. It's got Sean Connery who, you know, we're lucky to have had another one from him and John
3: Barry. <laughs>